As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, Marky Hines. And he's wearing pants. <laughs> Shouting in the background, Marky Hines may or may not be wearing pants to be determined. I'm not going to look. That would spoil the surprise. JJB in the studio. D&D. Steam sales. Other stuff. Stay tuned. Welcome to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, the greatest radio station maybe on Earth right now. At least in town. At least in town, because to be, let's be honest. We Suck can- it, Magic 106. <laughs> Whoa, they've got some beefy DJs over there. I don't know if we want to be picking some fights with them, because I, I know Lisa Richards lifts, so we should be careful. I can't think of any other ones, though. Uh, anyway, uh, Magic 106.1, we appreciate your dedication to community events like hot dog vendors and the mary brown's fried chicken anniversary which happened i guess this weekend so you get some cheap marriage browns did you know that mark i did not know that there i actually uh, you should listen to magic browns yeah uh well i only listen to cfru so <laughs> maybe mary browns should be appealing to the cfru demographic exactly. for the uh, fried chicken uh you can listen to us on uh, CFRU.ca, or you can go to our fav- your favorite podcasting websites if you feel that way. You can check us on Twitter, 80 Radio CFRU. Email us, death threats at androidsdungeon at CFRU.ca, and check out Instagram, androidsdungeoncfru. I have to put it in my wallet because I can't remember any of this stuff ever. Hashtag. Hashtag canceled. <laughs> Need money badly. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> Not well, it remains to be seen. But How it's, many geniuses it's... just take to screw in a light bulb? How many? One. Thomas Edison. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Is it funny? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that's something else right there. Uh, it's a scorcher. I'm assuming it's going to be scorcher when you listen to this because it's been hot all week. Uh, and nothing sums up, uh, you know, what three sweaty guys in a studio might be talking about then uh, mark what have you been playing recently uh i've been playing a lot of RimWorld, uh a cool little uh base builder uh, made by oh some guy from sweden i forget his name <laughs> some guy from sweden tygen team tynan something like that it's it pretty cool if you've ever played door fortress or anything like that it's uh it's a fun game you um so it's the the community is very much into the randomness of it so you pick a storyteller and that determines what events you get but you have to feed your favorite colonists, uh, arm them to defend against raids and things like that. You can send little convoys to other settlements to trade and stuff. Um, uh, um, harvest organs from the people that attack you if they survive. Um, <laughs> turn the people that attack you into kibble to feed your animals, to give them bloodlust, things like that. Uh, the modding community ranges from cat girls to there's a actually a mod called War Crimes Expanded. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that as soon as you kick cat girls, it's like Joel's head turned toward yeah, you. I saw like, it. It was very... Yeah, you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> you had my curiosity. Yeah. So, like Mark just said, for people who like Dwarf Fortress or played Dwarf Fortress, it's a simulation game. Yeah, yeah. you basically you set orders, you determine where they put stuff and what you want to build and then you just let it run yep. and they uh you can control what you can restrict what actions they do at different times you can sort of give people different jobs so you always want to have someone to cook and butcher animals and things like that and go hunting but you also need somebody to you know make clothes for you so if you pick uh depending on where you settle in on the planet you might need like uh parkas and stuff for the winter mm-hmm. or if you settle in like a desert area you need to get like hats and uh, dusters to to keep the sun off of your colonists when you say there. settle though do you get to choose where you start yeah or so is you it... pick uh, again much like dwarf fortress if anyone listening has played uh you pick sort of a starting point it randomly generates a planet for you and you pick where you start your uh your little adventure and your you can start as three colonists that sort of crash land as their ship in orbit explodes or you can start a tribal one where you have uh, less technology, but you have more people. It's a little bit uh, of a different challenge. 
Um, and then eventually, uh, as you get there, the goal of the game basically is to build up your settlement enough that you can build a ship to escape the planet. Mm -hmm. And when once you build the ship and turn on your reactor, there's sort of this end game event where it just keeps throwing enemies at you. And you have to defend your ship as uh, killer robots mm -hmm. and psychopaths come come running at you to blow you up. Vermintide. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I was always on the fence about picking it up because the reviews or some of the people I saw that were talking about it were saying it just turns in the same thing over and over again. At for a certain point, we're just like fight wave of raiders and wait till the next Congress wave of raiders comes and, and just kind of fight the next wave yeah it's it's limited in what it the base game itself is pretty limited but it is very mod friendly and that's where the game starts to shine is through steam workshop you can get pretty much anything the game's designed to have mods at things and one of the things that i like about it and city skylines i think does this too another game i've been playing is that the modders will come up with a new system or a new way to handle a feature of the game and the developers be like oh that's a good idea we'll put it in and credit you so there's been a few things like that like new tabs to use and overlays and oh so that's like actual quality of life improvements they baked into the game exactly it's almost like these things like and i think fallout 4 more or less ripped off a bunch of mods for new vegas like coming i think the base building mod i think was something that was a custom mod previously and then they just i'm not going to say they didn't credit the guy or didn't like say thank you for the the idea but it was they saw a mod that was p very popular in a previous iteration and went, all right, let's just cram that into this game because people really like how this works. But it's always cool when you see developers say, oh, look, everyone, like, when they say download this game, like, you go to Steam and says, all right, don't play the game without this mod or this mm -hmm. mod. It's like, all right, well, why are we even doing an end run? Let's just put this right into the game itself. Yeah, and a lot of the things from, from what Tynan, I think the guy is, uh, he does like little blogs updating people and what mm -hmm. he's working on and all that. And a lot of times he's working on implementing something, he's like, hey, yeah, this I'm base working on integrating systems from this mod by this person, uh, so you won't need it anymore. He's done some great work, but because I built the game, I know a little bit more of how to make things work friendly. Sure, make it fit. Yeah. Joel, have you played Rimworld? Free QA. Yeah, well, almost. It's... Or product development. Yeah. No, what's RimWorld? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> man was not listening. Boom. <laughs> yeah, it sounds all right. <laughs> all right, we have Joel's opinion on RimWorld. <laughs> sounds all right. I'll give it a solid one out of seven. <laughs> okay. Rims. <laughs> and Mark, you mentioned this this other game you've played recently, and this one is more, I think, uh, the tempo of maybe the uh, Joel and me. But uh, yeah, it's it's City Skylines. Um, ever since EA screwed up SimCity, yeah. um, Paradox or the I can't remember. It's Colossal Order makes is the developer, and they used to make Cities in Motion, which <clears> were <throat> basically just transit system games. Mm. And then somebody at some point suggested, "Wow, it would be great if I could build the city that I'm making this transit system in." They're like. Okay. And so they did. Uh, and you can make your transit systems, and you have your residential, commercial, industrial sliders, and you zone things, lay down roads, and you have your little sims that run around, but they're spelled with a C to avoid copyright infringement. Wait, they still call them sims? Yeah. <laughs> that is a fine line to be playing with uh, EA. Yeah. Right, so, so number one question for me, does it still melt my computer because it's written in Unity? Uh, I don't know, um, but I the city I'm working on is about 60,000 people, and it chugs. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, like every little car is detailed. That's and right. It has a route to follow, and it's yeah. got a sim that lives inside of that has to have a house and a job and needs to be fulfilled. So after a while, if you don't have a very powerful CPU, it just starts to just... You could cook eggs on top of your <laughs> on top of your computer. I've always thought those games looked gorgeous because that's one of those like post your you'll see the threads where it's like, all right, show off your cities and like how and it has a day night cycle, doesn't it? Yeah, it has a day and night cycle. Has dynamic weather. Um, you can play on snow maps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like most of the subreddit is people posting things. See, you get sort of two players. You get the people that just want to recreate or build their own cities. And they get the people that want to play a city building game, mm -hmm. like in a city management. So otherwise you get people that just basically plop down every building and build it all by hand. And that doesn't sound fun to me. Um, but I like the sort of SimCity style. You start out as this tiny little place and you grow and grow and grow. So does it handle uh, it, cities in the same way SimCity does it, where you can't build all these things right away. You have to have a certain population, certain certain amount of wealth. And buildings kind of disappear over time and are replaced with different or better ones. Yeah, they ones level and... up as the more services you have. So yeah. you start out, basically, you can build road. You can build a basic two-lane road, and you can zone residential, commercial, industrial. Mm -hmm. And you can build a the garbage classics. dump. Yeah. So then once you hit a certain population, you unlock hospitals, police, fire. And if you Civics. fulfill, Yeah. If you fulfill those needs, you get more and more things. But are there skylines? 
Yeah, there's Skylines. You can do that. You can build an entertainment district that has like uh, nightclubs and stuff. One of the DLCs uh, adds <laughs> like dope. music festivals and clubs. So you have to. Uh, um, there's another one that adds like stadiums and stuff. So on game day, your traffic patterns change, and you have to. Uh, account for that you can set up free transit only on game days and that makes people happier the more people come to the stadium the more likely it is that your team wins and if your team wins you get a bunch of money oh that's yeah. pretty cool and your citizens all get happy because they live in a they don't live in a town like toronto where there's only one good uh, sports team <laughs> at least there's one <laughs> yeah well one winner at least so yeah the, the gm's like oh the, the least are gonna win the stanley cup this year is thanks to us and it's, oh no man <laughs> he said that Messiah? uh yeah the guy that didn't want to shake rob ford's hand the hero that refused to shake the premier's hand of the parade I, um, I don't this is all news to me i'm so out of touch that uh, anyway city no, skylines no it's the kids who are wrong <laughs> the how easy is it to um actually affect these changes or how anal is it like can you change speed limits are you ch uh, changing the electricity prices because is it super hands-on or is it it doesn't have that level of micro no um you can change roads like what the intersections are like so you can say i want like an uncontrolled intersection or uh stoplights or stop signs mm -hmm. um and then you can set tax rates for the different zoning types but you can't get down to okay if you live in this district you're going to pay slightly less because you're near the garbage dump and all of that, but you can also set up like certain places like can be uh, NIMBYs, so not in my backyard. There's no, no, unless you live in this neighborhood, you're not allowed to come in, that sort of thing. You can have gated communities. Wow. You can have gated communities, yeah. All right, so you mentioned DLC though. Is this a game that. It's a paradox game, it's got DLC. <laughs> You can buy radio stations to listen to oh. in the game. I do like the, the radio ones, are like two bucks. Um, and they usually have like commercials in between the songs for businesses you see in the game, which I think are pretty cool. All right, that's kind of cute. Um, nickel and diming you for yeah. them. Um, and then they just released Campus, the latest one where you get to build universities, like the University of Guelph. Um, can so. you put a radio station in it? <laughs> you can. Yeah, you can but put it'll it get a radio closed station. after a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, harsh too soon too soon <laughs> too early i don't know, I don't know. it's it <laughs> yeah. remains to be seen all right i'm still you... waiting on my my legal threat from dougie for the thing i said last time i was on the show the legal threats are starting to mount between magic and doug and rob and rob's ghost i guess is <laughs> if cfr you could afford some legal threats they'd probably threaten the do show. you think i wonder if the school would back us up i doubt it no we'd be out <laughs> that'd be the end of i used to work for the school. <laughs> in the legal department or uh, i don't want to talk about it. <laughs> hired goons <laughs> hired goons well you should play uh gmt's urban sprawl gmt's urban sprawl what's that about joel yeah, it's a good question joel. it's basically the same game <laughs> is it is it a board game yeah it's a board game where you build a city it's a city builder board is game. it like cooperative or competitive very competitive. Oh, so we are all building a different city. Yeah. No, well, no, you're actually all in the same city, but you're just basically all fighting for these these grids or sections of them. So it's almost more like your Monopoly Tycoon. Ma so yeah. It's Cambridge the game. Cambridge the game. <laughs> yeah, someone plays Galt. Someone plays You can see the flies flying around. Wait, is Hesper the nice part? Or is that the? Uh... It's Cambridge. There is no nice part. Oh. oh! None of us are from Cambridge. So it's... <laughs> anyway. Uh, City Skylines hardy endorsement. Yes. Does it need mods? Uh no. It's well again. It's one of those games. Uh, like at launch, you need there are a few <clears> like <throat> quality of life mods that came out almost immediately, mm -hmm. and then in the very next patch, Paradox put in all of those mods as standard things. So one thing is like with the transit system. Yeah, you can make all your lines, but there was no big overview. Like you couldn't basically just click on a button and see all which lines you have and what you're charging. Mm -hmm. uh, now they added it in, um, and then. You know, the mods that I do usually work with are ones that add silly little, um, <clears throat> excuse me, silly little buildings and things like that. Um, there's a mod that turns all your buses into TTC buses. That's pretty cute. Yeah. You can select different bus models for different lines. Well, just uh, while we're on the subject, uh, Joel's going to talk about some Steam sales coming up. But right now, you can purchase... The base games, game. ga base games, as you've heard on Android's Dungeon, CFRU, for uh, eight and a quarter. Yep. Yeah. 75% yeah, off. Which is a pretty good price. Pretty. You can get the deluxe edition, which I don't know what that is. Do you know? Uh, I think it's the pre-order edition. Okay, for $11, which seems less. And then you get the... Wow, this is a deal right the here. The collection is... 
approximately. And that's at half, more than half price, everybody. (laughs) And if you put in the code 80 radio, you'll get 0% off. (laughs) They charge you more. What do they have? A new player bundle, which is just a couple. Oh, it's got the relaxation station. Um, which is a good one, and then nightlife and mass transit. transit. Yeah. So, but this is interesting here. I don't know if this is, this is a glitch or not. Uh, buy City Skyline Collection bundle. Buy this bundle to save nine percent <laughs> off all seventeen. <laughs> mm, I don't know. That, even though it's saying negative nine slash negative fifty five percent, I think Steam's exploding on us <laughs> somewhere here. But anyway, either either way, if you're interested in purchasing this game legally. You are welcome to go to store.steampowered or load up Steam and you can buy this uh, game that Mark endorses. And what was what did we talk about first? Like, RimWorld. RimWorld. Uh, Which I imagine is also on sale. It's got to be on sale. But I'm going to pass the ball over to Joel while I'm looking at um, yeah, what RimWorld Speaking is. of Steam exploding, Steam actually exploded at the beginning of this week with a 502 and 504 error for anybody trying to take advantage of the Steam sale. It's not on sale. RimWorld is full price right now. Well, that's because it's worth every penny. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Discounting it would reduce the value. And of it. again, it is made by one guy. Greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Go and buy RimWorld during the Steam Summer Sale for full price. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the Steam Summer Sale got launched this week, and at the beginning of it, there the crashed <clears throat> Steam. People were going on it so much they got the 502 and 504 error. But uh, they relaunched Steam after half an hour, and now the Steam Sale is on till July 9th. You guys bought anything? No. Uh, well, I was um, uh, when I got home. I'm buying the new Skylines expansion because it's fifteen dollars <laughs> instead of the usual He's whatever. Um, I wonder there's... what the total cost of your uh, Paradox games end up being. Oi. Uh, um, <laughs> Let's not go there. Again, like you can buy Crusader Kings when all the DLC. I think for something like three hundred dollars. Um, I don't know what it is during the summer sale, but I also want to take a look. There's a few there's a, a few expansions for other games that I want that uh, I might pick up. There's no new games really out. Like I uh, the last <laughs> sale that I like, yeah, the Imperial Collection for Crusader Kings is $150 and that's 60% off. Yeah. Yeesh. Um. I, got, <laughs> I got a big list of games on sale that Jack can probably confirm now. Devil May Cry 5. Uh, is on sale. All the AAA stuff. Assassin's Creed, what is it, 50 now? Yeah, something like that. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is 50% off. Odyssey is actually, like, I I stopped playing Assassin's Creed after after Black Flag because they got dumb. And, <clears throat> um, but Odyssey is legitimately a really, really fun time sink. It's not a horrible price either, 40 bucks. But yeah. Soul, Ca- Soul Calibur 6 is 67% off. That's the one with Geralt. Yeah, and Just Cause 3 is 85% off. Yeah, it's if still you too really much. wanted to play out. Uh, and Astroneer, do you guys know what Astroneer is? No. It's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just pick a name? It's like, that sounds no, interesting. No, it, it was featured in like the the most popular games on sale, but I've never heard of it. Uh, Monster Hunter, if anyone still wants to play Monster Hunter World, is half price. Geralt's in that too. <laughs> the game really? that you've been playing or we're <clears throat> still playing, Divinity uh, Original Sin 2 yeah. is 40% off. Man, it's good. Divinity Original Sin 2 is very good. If you like the old Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale games, even the Neverwinter Nights ones, uh, it is definitely worth picking up. It's very fun. But anyway, if you if you don't... 33 uh, bucks for Divinity. That's pretty good. Yeah. If you don't know if these deals are good deals, apparently there's a browser extension you can get that's a lot like Camel Camel, but for Steam it's called yeah. the extended steam browser extension so if you pick that up it'll show you the historical cost for all these games on steam hey that's actually pretty useful actually can you look up civ 6 i want to see if the new dlc is on sale oh that's on major sale well i don't know about the new stuff but well that's the i remember the last little sale they had the all the original it's rising storm or something like that 75 new expansion out now wow this is sitting at mixed that's pretty low i think it might have gotten review bombed uh, gold edition. No. Okay, so we have Rising Gathering Storm. Storm. Gathering Storm. 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's still 40 bucks, so I uh, will not be purchasing it. That's 25% off. You can play as Canada, but I don't... Yeah. Is that $40 worth it? They of... picked Laurier? <sighs> like, at, as far as Canadian prime ministers Laurier. go, Laurier is not who I would think of. We need um, Sir John A so we can throw up university. on his enemies or something. And I... <laughs> Also, there's this weird Steam Grand Prix. Have you heard of this? The, the animals. They select certain games, and you can join a team, $40. and if you get certain achievements in games that you're playing, 
you might get a game, a random game off your wish list for free. Oh, okay. I need to add more games to my wish list. I keep buying them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing with that is everyone has picked Team Corgi. They yeah. let you pick what team you want. Uh, so Team Corgi is just way ahead. And then like the top 1,000 from that team, I think, get their uh, highest ranked wish list game free. Yeah, it's, it's. I saw some other people complain about Team Corgi because it's kind of like the, I guess, the meme animal right now. So everyone's oh. just. Uh, I, like, I don't mind corgis, but yeah. whatever. Anyway, so there's some deals right there. I was looking at the Dark Souls series that I I loved so much. They're all fairly on sale right now. So you yeah. can pick up Dark Souls Three, the Deluxe Edition, which comes with two DLCs for um, about twenty three dollar dues or so. so Thanks, Delaris, and all its DLCs, like seventy five percent off, something like that. So there's a lot of stuff. If you've been listening to the show and you have any interest in any of the things we've talked about, you got two days left. What? That's July it? 9th. Oh, never mind. July 9th. We've got lots of, time. lots of days left. There are a couple of days. And there's tons of, like, and this is the part that gets me, is there's so many bloody games on Steam right now mm-hmm. that I think if you had any interest in any games, just check them out right now. And they, they're probably on sale or discount. If you play less than 45 minutes. There's two hours now. If you play less than two hours, you probably get a refund. Yeah, there you go. So if you absolutely despise it or it doesn't work or something like that. And I know I've shilled Resident Evil too, but I think it's fantastic. Even though I think 50 bucks is still a lot for a triple a game uh, 54 dollars or whatever it is so i don't know there's a lot of stuff out there and if you still don't have the witcher yeah well, what is it for is it free with every right purchase the witcher shit almost you can always wait till it comes out for the nintendo switch <laughs> <laughs> isn't that bizarre uh i mean no i mean nintendo's been getting a lot of triple a games years later I just don't just, get it. They look like garbage. Why? Who is sitting there Skyrim's waiting coming. for it? Skyrim. They're putting a new Doom on the Switch and yeah. if it's not even out yet or already out. So. But I know a bunch of Nintendo fanboys that when they announced The Witcher, like, oh man, I can finally play it. Like, <laughs> no. Like, Halo 1 my- coming to the yeah. Switch. <laughs> actually, that might be all right. But... Like, so City Skylines actually came out for the Switch. Oh and my God. You can't get any of the DLC because of uh, the CPU. So it's, it's actually. Not good enough to actually do. Anything beyond it's like the, base the Internet Explorer of consoles. Yeah. Well, it isn't. It, it doesn't even have Netflix. You can't use Netflix. Netflix. Now, is that because Nintendo and Netflix are not friends and they wouldn't make it work, or I don't know. Well, they they had it on the Wii and the Wii U. I yeah. think. Is there an actual browser? Could you just go through the in browser to oh, use Netflix? Browsers on consoles. Yeah, that's really digging <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. But we've all been there. <laughs> type. Move. 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 Type. Uh, all right, so those, that's Steam sales. Joel, what do you, what have you been playing recently? Uh, I have not been playing anything at all because, you know, life. Oh. <laughs> I played a little DC deck building and a little Star Realms. And you played uh, Container the other day, I know, too. Oh, yeah. I was sad. I didn't get to play, and when I found out that the, the role of Foghorn Operator was still on the table. <gasps> yeah. Nope. It's the most important part. <laughs> of, it's the most important part of playing Container is the... It's, it's very important. Everyone knows that a boat is at some point moving in a direction. It's... What about you, Jack? What have you been playing lately? Um, I, too, have been smacked by life, and uh, it, it's put me down for the count. But I've had a little bit of time to hop on and uh, to the computer, and I've been playing a little bit of... Mark, you may be familiar with this one, but Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is... Yes, which also came out on the Switch, but was so terrible. Most of the people I know who got it... uh, No, it's still on there, but the frame rate is so terrible. Most of the people I know who bought it now are just buying it on Steam. It's got an absurd... Even looking on Steam, it has this absurd requirement for a game, and it's made in Unreal. So it's a 2.5D side-scroller, and basically by the guy who did uh, the Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I think, Mm -hmm. um, and... It's his own side project because it sounds almost identical to it. It has all the same mechanics, but it's like, screw you, Konami. I'm going to do my own thing because you guys have let these series just rot. So anyway, it's uh, it, it, if you look at the recommended specs, it, it's like, what year is this? What are you trying to do for games here? It's not like, remember when Crisis came out and everyone was looking like, what's the, I'm going to make my Crisis box. It's not mm. quite as bad as that, but it's just extreme for a 2.5D side-scrolling action <laughs> RPG. So anyway, it's, it's for the game itself, if you like Metroidvanias and you are into Castlevania and you like that that little spark of serotonin that appears in your brain when you smack something and it drops like a one in a thousand uh, little piece of loot or something interesting and you enjoy backtracking through worlds after you get a power up and all that 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 delicious goodness that you find in Castlevania like smacking a wall and finding a secret randomly then the game is for you and I've seen people who 
Um, I'm not even a huge Castlevania fan, but there's the general consensus is it, it's one of the best games they've made. And it's I think it's borderline a remake of Aria of Sorrow, but I can never keep those games straight because they all have ridiculous names. I think there's even a Castlevania name uh, generator online that just spits out <laughs> random things, and you're like, yeah, yeah I, I believe y. it. Yeah, exactly. It's probably real. Uh, but it's it's a great game, and it's like I'm fortunate enough that I'm I'm my computer can handle this with little difficulty so it's a very pretty game too but uh i think you can pick it up on steam right now for about 40 bucks 45 dollars but it's full price i don't think there's any discount on the sale so um and the only other thing is something that did come out full way um is a game called amid evil and it's a first person shooter and it's kind of going on my uh retro shooter sort of kick recently and it's an independent game by the same i believe the same guys who published dusk Yep, and, it is. Uh, I, I now know the game you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, originally when I saw it, I thought it looked hideous, and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on, and it was really bugging me because it, it, I was like, this is not the direction I want to go. Uh, but I started playing it, and it's the direction I want to go. And it's a throwback to, it, it's closer to Quake and Heretic than anything. And it's a fully 3D world where, once again, they've gone, they, I feel like, the, and this is what I was describing to my colleague today, is that the people who like these games are finally making the games they want because there was a time where the arena shooter reigned supreme, which is why I hated the new Doom, yeah. which is just you go into a room, the doors lock, and you fight monsters, yeah, and then you leave. And they come around. run at you. They come around you. Serious Sam, I think, started this whole thing. Uh, boring. I despise him. So I, I liked Serious Sam, but the, the copies that came afterwards. Yeah, it so just much. for me it's tedious. And I miss the the levels where you would design a level and you would think about a world where players moving through as opposed to player go here, stop, kill everything, move to here, stop, kill everything, versus this fluid moving through the guys crazy fast. So the game is this um very bright for a, a violent game with kind of a low poly count, but it's it, it's the color schemes are all over the place, almost garish at times. And the weapons are all classics that um, you can kind of pick and choose from various other games. Like you start off with this, just this axe, and then you upgrade to this staff that's right out of Heretic, but it's way faster and way better. But the part that really gets me about the game is that uh, every time you kill something or you find stuff, you get these souls and you build up a meter. And uh, when you fill up this meter enough, you get to go to ultimate mode or whatever they're calling it in the game. But it is bound to right mouse button, which is telling you how often you're going to be using this <laughs> yeah. thing. And as soon as you do that, all your weapons become five times as good and super fun. You just melt enemies everywhere. And there's even when you do, like in if you're playing Quake. Did you ever play Quake, Joel? Yep. And Mark, did you mm-hmm. play Quake? Oh, you know yeah. how I really like is buttons you push that do things like open doors. Or... Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, Sometimes it releases enemies. <laughs> well, that was one of my favorite things in Quake was you got to fight, fight the final boss and you're just running around pushing buttons. Yeah, in the first episode. He's stuff at you. Yeah, the Corazon or Cozone or whatever. Um, in this one, there's a, you know, in Quake, if you did enough damage to an enemy and then you did a lot of damage to him, he would yeah. gib all over the place. So this game even has a little word that pops up if you do that called overkill. <laughs> and it rewards, it basically is kind of like this little uh, Skinner box um, message for congratulations, you you exploded a guy pointlessly, but mm-hmm. thank you for playing. So the game's great and there's tons to it. It's fast. It, the level design is fantastic. There's been a couple moments where I've just kind of stopped and looked around and I thought, wow, this is really nice. And it's, mm-hmm. It, it, it borders a little on the abstract, but in general, if you're into old school shooters at all, it's highly also recommend. from what I've seen. Like I haven't played it, but I I follow a few FPS uh, let's play guys, mm-hmm. and um, there's a bunch of like old school callback Easter eggs. Like you can find the dope fish. Oh really? From Commander Keen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Commander Keen. I know. Rip. So we're, never get, we're never. We're never. I want like a Metroidvania <laughs> Commander Keen. But, all right, Mark. That would be great. It, that's too good of an idea, and we'll never get it. Yeah. And John Carmack's too busy doing cocaine. Um, <laughs> great. And Carmack knows judo, so when he comes here, he's gonna really <laughs> rough just, us up. Well, no. Do, do John Carmack and Doug Ford are gonna meet each other in the hall. <laughs> get into a pushing match. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe just sumo. Anyway. Uh, a medieval fantastic so far highly recommend it i don't know how much money it is how much it is on steam but if you're remotely interested look it up and uh check out dusk while you're at it and enjoy the the resurgence of the fps musical break we'll be back in a second stay tuned
Welcome back to CVRU 933 FM. What you just heard was uh, Planet Fun Fun. By Avico. Avico, who are, it's a Japanese band, am I correct? They are Finnish. Oh. The Japan finished. of Europe. The Japan of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still breaking that one down. Right. They're fun. I have a buddy who lives in Helsinki, and he sent them to me back when I was a young man. I've been following the career ever since. How old is this song? The Planet Fun Fun 90s, maybe? Okay, this video just went out, or this at least this one was 2015, but really, Planet Fun Fun, this song is from, the, anyway, interesting. Have they ever toured in Canada? No, I don't think they tour. Oh. Are they allowed in the country? Yeah, probably. All right, that's good. That's a good start. With their knives? <laughs> With their knives. <laughs> just a little inside joke. I don't understand. They're like, it's just knives and vodka. <laughs> is that what really the, the, are the Finns known for their vodka? Yes. Yeah, yeah. they have the... Well, Finlandia. Finlandia, yeah. Um, there's also the Mannheim shot. So uh, the like, <clears throat> head of Finland during World War II um, decided that everybody in the army should get a ration of vodka every day. But they didn't have enough vodka, so they started pouring Aquavit in it. So it's vodka, Aquavit, and I think... What's Aquavit? Uh, it's another like liquor. All right. I remember it's clear, but it's also like super strong. Huh. I wonder if it's like soju except for Finns. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Finnish uh, pop, electropop? Electropop. Have, you described like, it as... Uh, fin- synth jazz. Synth jazz. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's on a... But they have songs that are on house playlists on Spotify, but I don't I don't know what house music is, and if it's a Vico, then it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know, Mark. This might be a little too mainstream. <laughs> I know. We're, we're getting a little mainstream here. If there's a... There's like, you know... I debated having us finish play pop. some yeah. Norwegian black metal, but I didn't think... I appreciate that. <laughs> Did you guys watch Chernobyl? Uh, no. I have not. Unbelievable! That... I know, everybody's talking about it. I'll see Is it on Prime? But... No, it's HBO. And then, yeah. Lebeau. I have Netflix and nothing else. Oh, my. My, my girlfriend's out of the country, so I can't use her credit. <laughs> what, what, what does that have to do with the tea in China? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, the, you can get yeah. HBO shows on Crave. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's how I was watching it. But yeah. it was like, why? She won't tell me the password if I'm not watching it with her. <laughs> Mark... Do you want to talk about abusive? <laughs> she, she already doesn't trust you. <laughs> what are you going to do? Great start. <laughs> but we're moving in together so I can watch it all the time. Hey. There you go. Uh, I know Sam's bastards. <laughs> well, I make sure it's like somebody's like, I got my keyloggers all going constantly. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, use perfect. my computer. I've got all. Anyway. Um, D&D. Yep. Some people like it. Some we're, people love it. I think we're some of the, I'm some of the latter probably. You, you, you Would you say you love it? Yeah. I love Dungeons and Dragons. It's a lot of fun. All right, well, let's get the ball rolling. What do you love about Dungeons and Dragons? I love, and I think Joel put it the favorite way I've ever had D and D described is: I'm gonna go hang out with my other adult friends and collectively imagine for four hours. <laughs> um, as someone who worked in theater and uh, things like that, like I like the idea of fantasy as the escapism and all that, but also it's that sense of community you get. It's like a few sessions in, even if they're people who don't know each other that well, the party mm. starts to build their own dynamic. Uh, so we have in our campaign one guy, Keith who'd never played Dungeons and Dragons, never played a tabletop before, and is a really quiet, reserved kind of guy. But when he's in character, he's he's a character. He's funny. He's, he's lo- well, I mean, not that he's not funny in real life, uh, but he's a lot more animated. <laughs> he's starting go. to get yeah. into it. Like, I gave him a unicorn to play last session, and he was super into it. He thought that was so cool. Wait, wait, stop, stop. What do you mean gave him a unicorn to play? Um, they freed um, a character from that was trapped in a ring, and it turned out he was a unicorn, and he helped them fight a dragon. And I Duh. Lo- <laughs> You're right. I, I, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> so similar, like when we did Storm King's Thunder, there are a few like set piece battles where I gave, where the book tells you to give players an NPC to play, and I was like, all right, well, this is gonna be basically the last session we did. The players have been getting a little too cocky, um, so I basically designed a series of encounters. All right, what can you actually handle? And they can handle things well, well above their level. Like they they killed a, a young dragon at the end of it. So, uh, but I did knock out Seth twice. <laughs> Hi, Seth. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> Friend of the show, Seth. Friend of the show, Seth. He'll be on next nice week. Nice guy. Great talk, guy. Talk about his DM. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of the last session, give us a breakdown of what happened. So they were on, uh, I don't know if I've talked to you guys. I'm sure I've posted their picture in our group chat before. The GIF, the British Space Hippos um, from Spelljammer, this old pen and paper um, game. Uh 
Wizards of the Coast has integrated a bunch of Spelljammer stuff now into 5th edition. So uh, the Illithids that live in the Underdark, the Mind Flayers and stuff, uh, and a couple of the pre-made adventures, they show up. And then uh, I decided that uh, the players were sort of traveling through dimensions and the GIF were going to be their way to do that. Uh, So they were on a ship. The ship got attacked by a dragon and some kobolds, uh, and they fought those, and they eventually beat them. Um, And the GIF were like, right on, thanks, mate. (laughs) <laughs> is that the the was that the British voice? I uh, <clears throat> like the Beatles or something. I did my best. I go, yeah, I, I don't, I can't do a consistent British accent. It goes all over the map. But yeah, I gave them a British accent. They're really just there as a set piece. Or here's the reason why you're in a different environment mm-hmm. than you were before. Um, they're fun though. They blew up their home world and now travel universe looking for work. <laughs> So. Well, if you couldn't look them up, or I'll, I'll try to post something online if I can it's remember. GIF with two Fs. Yeah. And when you said GIF, I thought you were talking about, like, the moving image originally. <laughs> the graphic <laughs> interface file? Exactly. Uh, but they, they look pretty cool. They're a very neat character. They look like, uh, basically, it's like, mm, going hunting today. Yeah, they're the British imperialist hippos. Yeah, he's got a lovely um, pipe. It's like steampunk. Yeah, very steam, they're very steampunk sort of thing. Like, their ships are basically just built around a giant cannon. Um, and like Spelljammer used to be based, you would, your party would be working on a ship and your ship would encounter other ships of like mind flayers or lizard men or things like that. Um, and you'd have to pilot your ship and fight, sink the other ship and things like that That as you go through space. Uh, Um, so Spelljammer is probably the, the most ridiculous, um, sort of part of the D and D mythos at this point. And it's got future stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Future stuff? Oh, you just mean in general, sorry. Well, they got space hippos. Maybe it's like medieval future Yeah, it's stuff. space fantasy. Like, it, they're they're traveling through the astral plane. Um, uh, is it like a sail a, ship? Yeah, or? they're on a tall ship um, that just has a giant cannon built into it, like, along it. So the cannon runs the length of the whole ship. And at the end, there's a golden hippo head with a barrel of the cannon coming out of it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty friggin' cool. So how did the party, or how did the player characters respond to this latest adventure? So uh, uh, we have a bard in our party who uh, is fast becoming my favorite character. Um, <laughs> Whose character? Uh, this is Alex's character uh, named Fave de Lard. And if you speak French, it means uh, beans with lard. Uh, and it's basically, if you've seen Disenchantment, the Matt Groening show, it's Tia Beanie. Uh, just a very excitable bard who drinks a lot. Um, so when they first got attacked, the bard jumped up from whatever she was doing and went running down the hallway yelling, pirates, pirates, pirates. <laughs> and then there was this beat where no one followed her. <laughs> and I'm like, is anyone going to, are you just going to let her? <laughs> All right. So Fave runs upstairs and <laughs> gets hit by a fireball. And, um, so they handled that that pretty well. The first little bit, they fought some kobolds and they fought a wyvern um, and... Seth took a wyvern stinger to the chest and failed his constitution save, so he died. Uh, he was two health away from being killed completely, uh, like permanently. So Now, yeah. is the, the wyvern, or wyvern attack, is that always, like, if it attacks you, you always have to roll a constitution, or is that only if it hits you with this one attack? Yeah, so it has three attacks. It has a, a bite, a claw, and a, and a stinger, and normally it will attack with all three if it has a full round action. Um, so it bit him, missed, um, clawed him, and did a little bit of damage, and then hit him with the... The stinger, and I'm like, all right, roll a constitution save, and I think he rolled a one, so he took max damage, Ugh. which was uh, 42 damage, and he had 44 health. <laughs> and this one wasn't on you. This one wasn't on me. This was completely the dice. <laughs> this is his yeah, bad so, luck. So they beat him. Uh, our, uh, they get to the top of the ship, and they're in the middle of this thunderstorm as a, a green dragon and a silver dragon are fighting, uh, and the druid at this level has learned how to call lightning. Uh, and if you cast Call Lightning during a thunderstorm, that does more damage. It does oh, extra cool. damage. So she's just bringing down lightning <laughs> like crazy. Uh, they killed uh, the, the final encounter, and they're all sitting around. We had maybe, it was like 9.30, and we wanted to be wrapped up by 10.30. So I threw a dragon at them. Um, the dragon killed one of the NPCs, and they all sort of took a moment to be like, oh, this is serious business. Uh, and then it killed Seth. Um, because, again? Again. Again, Seth. Um, I... I appreciate in character that his character never learns his lesson about just running in headfirst. Um, but then the druid called down a bunch of lightning and killed the dragon after a few turns. This wasn't a last, last one, was it? No, we have one more uh, in- one more session left. Okay. Um, so they're going to go. They got some information about where the, the person they're looking for is. So they're going to go into a town. They're going to have to use their faction contacts and such, um, which was, I think, a fun 
little thing 5e has set up there's the harpers the the zentarum i think Waterdeep talks about them like the lords of Waterdeep. yeah Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Um, so you play in Lords. The question was in Lords of Waterdeep. You play as like one of the factions, right? Well, you're no, you're a, you're a lord, and you're uh, kind you of a blend from between them? two of them. Okay. But, yeah. um, but anyway, so we have a few that are in the Zentarum, the like criminal organization. We have a few that are in the Emerald Enclave, the like hippie save nature people. Um, so they're gonna have to use them, and they all give them like the direction on where to go, and mm-hmm. the party will have to work together to figure out what to do. So I'm hoping it'll be a bit more. I want to give them more opportunity to role play before we wrap up the the encounter because they haven't been in a town to just around for a while. So I guess we'll have to bleep that. But <laughs> bleep what out, Mark? <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Joel, when you're listening to Mark here, uh, using no foul language it's whatsoever, gibberish. it's all. Yeah. all right, what are you listening for? Do like when you hear him talk? Are are you listening to any things that you're going to go? Well, I don't want to incorporate that, or is there something you would want to avoid in your own campaign? Because I know you have different styles of what you're getting into. Uh, yeah, I mean, I tr- I don't want to improvise as much as possible. I have everything set, but obviously, when you when you're down in it, like like Mark was saying, you had an hour to go. He had to throw a dragon at him. Um, hopefully, it doesn't come to that, but uh, we'll see. Um, when we were talking, when you were talking about what you love about D and D, I think one of the things that interests me about it is it's kind of this um, kind of fifty-fifty blend between uh, war games and fantasy role playing. Yeah, because it started out like when Gygax was putting it together, it was just a pamphlet, right, for rules for fantasy war gaming. Yeah. Is that what it actually said on it? Yeah. <laughs> like, Wargaming was really popular, and there were also these people that liked to pretend that they were in Lord of the Rings. And then uh, uh, I like that, you know, there's other role-playing games out there, like Pathfinder, which are a bit more wargamey if you want to get really technical with your combat. And then there are other more, we'll say, fantasy-driven <clears throat> ones. I, saw, I watched a little bit of uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. How does that even play in, in, in tabletop? It looks like it's extremely... like. And then the other thing you were saying, like, um, the people that are popular playing D&D are veiled or aspiring actors mm-hmm. who or voice actors who uh, have kind of, like, found their calling pretending to be characters in a, in a D&D world. Yeah. Um, and that's because it is just... It's acting. Uh, if you're doing it right, I guess, but you don't have to, right? Like there, there are a lot of people that are in it for the war gaming, right? People that are in it to like get the best stats, find some sweet weapons, and kill the toughest monster they can find. And then there's the other people that want to pretend to be a uh... what kind of bard were they? Uh, the human bard. Just a human bard. Boring. Who picks humans? <laughs> Seriously. Stuff. I think I'm a human in Why the Why did next you campaign. switch to be a human, by the way? Uh, because Eldrin uh, didn't work uh, narratively for there what I wanted to There you go, see? <laughs> so he, Mark is not a war game. Mark is... What, he, how many characters do you make, like, a month? <laughs> uh, so D&D Beyond, unless you pay them, only lets you make six. So at any given time, I have six characters ready to go. <laughs> I have like a couple. Oh, there's no way I'm giving Wizards of the Coast anymore of my money. Uh, I have already bought the books. I should be able to scan a QR code and it get them. It should in be D&D as soon Beyond. as you buy one of those books. It should be free. If you buy the Essentials Kit that they just came out with, it includes it includes a down a, a code to get it <laughs> for, for that. So like when you buy a vinyl, let's say online, yeah. you'll get the download, a download code. code as well, uh, which Wizards uh, wants all of your money. Yeah. Um, and they want you to only play, like, they don't mind if you use homebrew, but if you want to play an Adventures League, which is the, like, Wizards of the Coast helps you find a game to play, mm-hmm. it only is official content. Yeah. And if we pull this back a little bit, Jack and Mark both, uh, you jump into a new RPG that on your computer that you just started playing. How long do you spend creating your character? <laughs> it depends. <laughs> uh, the first time I played, like, Divinity, let's use that as an example. There you go. About 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Okay, so for me, I always skip that. I just create whatever the default character is. Interesting. And in D&D, I will expose how little I care about my backstory in that I have always only used the prefabricated uh, ones su- supplied on PDF. Yeah, that was, I remember that <laughs> from our, the D&D the website. The first campaign we played together, you were just, you. Uh, I asked you for your character sheet and you handed me the pre-made one. <laughs> it was just like all of the extra writing on oh it. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
It's, uh-huh. it's almost rude, Joel. You can you can make it up as you go. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's true. And that's one of the big things that I find, especially with getting new people into it, is that they'll have an idea of what kind of character they want to make. Like when I talk to people who haven't played D&D and they say, oh, I'd, I might like to play, but I don't know what kind of character I'd make. I'd just say, who's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? Mm. Everyone always says freaking Legolas. Um, <laughs> bad news, Rangers really? suck. Um, but that's essentially what happened with, with Keith, is that he picked a ranger because he wanted to be Legolas, and he picked an elf because he wanted to be Legolas. Mm. And now that we're playing, he's much more, he's not Legolas anymore. Like, he's his own character. He started referring to himself as Quincy in the game and stuff. So you get, you get into it. That's cute. And I think a big part of it is you, can, you have the, the fantasy nerds like me that come up with their own backstory um sometimes even for characters they might not ever get to use <laughs> um but then you also get the people that just sort of start figuring it out as they go which i which i yeah. like all right so jack character creation how long does it take you depends like using divinity as an example that the problem is, is that i want to look at everything that i can pick for skills wise and yeah. all that stuff so it becomes right, very right. drawn out like the technical side of it and then if i can customize the character depending on what mood i'm in i'll sit there and kind of play around with like what hairstyles what sort of jaunty outfit am I going to be allowed? And like something like, let's say, Dark Souls, where it's, it's purely cosmetic for the most part. It's It depends, again, like how busy am I for character creation? Like what am I going to play around with? Dark Souls also, like you, it's, again, it's it's a more organic thing. You build your character as you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't really matter what you pick from the start. Well, that's what I mean. So it's like, it, that's why it's almost like the, the cosmetic versus the, mm-hmm. I'm concerned about making choices mm-hmm. that will not be good later on well, here. What was that game where there were some classes that were just completely useless? Well, Legend of Grimrock, Grimrock is a good exactly. example of like building a party that's going to, you're stuck with these four guys for the entire game and it's going to be pretty if big deal if you screw up. you're trying to use a caster, up. you're going to have a bad time. Well, casters were great. It was alchemists or... Um, no, even the Alchemist, it was like any, like, because they have a range class, like a pirate or something. You think, oh boy, pirate, that's kind of cool. Mm-mm, not but a good The problem idea. with the caster was that they didn't share experience, right? Like, if a caster killed a thing, no one else got any experience. Yeah, so it was screwed up in that sense of how, like, that, but that's more of just like a fundamental problem with Grimrock. Yeah. And, but the casters were ridiculously overpowered because you'd make a farmer that was basically a cat. Anyway, not going to go into this. <laughs> it's fine. Legend of Grimrock. Fantastic. Very I love good. It. It's very on very sale, I guarantee it. Um, so, like, going back to, like, picking your character, well, like, you played a rogue at almost every campaign we did. Well, we only did, uh... A barbarian. Or two, two, you did two. I've only done three, haven't I? Yeah, you did, you did Gorgak, and Your the, first one. And the, then the two flags. Yeah, and that was just more, like, a continuance, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's what... Didn't you want to do that, Joel? Wasn't it your request? Uh, or this did time I it is, but last time, I think, I just said, bring, bring whatever you want. Bring whatever, and then the mm-hmm. Gorg... The barbarian was just kind of trying to do something differently there because it was tempted to do a caster but then i heard all these other casters like mm, just kind of smack something in the face Let's yeah and i remember talking to you about it and me being like well yeah you liked road because you got to do a bunch of damage and be sneaky what if you could do a crap load of damage yeah. but not be sneaky <laughs> yeah just, there's no sneaking whatsoever no subterfuge maybe and even something. then like you weren't a big role-playing guy but you role-played gorgak when you needed to yeah, that was just fun. It's but that's that was going to be my question for you guys is that uh, you both you've done a bunch of campaigns. Joel's got one under his belt that I know of. Uh, when you're you've got a group of people together, how quickly do your DMing instincts kick in and figure out like, oh, this person really enjoys the more the role playing, and this person more enjoys the combat. Like, how am I going to keep these these groups content the whole time, or do you just not care? You just steamroll and you're like, I'm doing what makes me happy and hope for the best. The DM's job to me is to make sure everyone's having fun. Um, so that's usually like uh, when we would re- reach, you would do the like plot thing in the city, right? And I'd say, all right, is there anything else you guys want to do? Yeah. Um, but you can definitely tell probably by the end of your second or third session who's going to be the person that's like, oh, I try to rob every shop in town uh, versus the people who are like, you'll always have the the victorias in the group that are just like, no, let's go, let's, go, let's do the thing. <laughs> shut up (laughs) continue the plot yeah which is very handy to have with this current group because it's a bunch of jabronis um that are just like with the last time we were in a city it just uh they were all see the the bard did a performance in the square which made sense Mm -hmm. and then the fighter wanted to do some acrobatic tricks he's like is everyone (laughs) impressed by the fact i can fly like no they've all seen a bird person before (laughs) um And so they all like had little different silly little things they wanted to do, and the bard was the so only one that made it. Yeah, the bard was the only one that made any money. Okay. Um, did they, they need money, or was this just like let's have they some did. fun? They did. Um, I hadn't given them the thing that they needed <clears throat> money for yet, 
but then they they basically needed uh, to pay for travel. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the things that that's come up with five is that there's not a lot of ways to spend your money. Yeah. Um, you, you used don't to be need able, money. You used, yeah, you used to be able to buy magic items and stuff like that. You don't really need money in five. So one of the things Wizards suggests is like have them pay for travel or like pay to maintain their mounts and stuff like that, or have them if have downtime. Like, all right, you're gonna be here for four days. Your living expenses are a dot, like a gold a day, so mm-hmm. you need to spend four day four gold. Um, jaunty hat. Yeah, buy a jaunty hat. Buy fingerless gloves. Fingerless gloves. <laughs> uh, a really cool cape. Um, <laughs> And then what was the last thing? Oh, yeah, the last thing that uh, Wizards suggested is, like, oh, have them, like, build a castle. Like, they pull all their money together, they can build a castle and build stuff and, like, hire help and things like that. That'd be kind of cool in a longer campaign be able to, like... And that's the thing. It works really well for a long campaign, hmm. but I, like, the people that I see talking about how they've been playing the same character for, like, ten years, I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, how have you not hit max level and gotten bored yet? Yeah. Right? Like, because the thing for me is I like to try a different class every time I pl- I'm a player. Um, like in five, I've been a bard and I think that's pretty much it <laughs> actually. So I've been a bard. Like I, I liked the days where I would have to fill in and I could just try another class. Like, oh, clerics are dope. Okay. Barbarians and fighters are dope. Um, like the paladin that I've made for Joel's campaign is, is essentially mechanically. It's the same as your character from my campaign. Mm-hmm. It's a guy with a spear and a sword or a spear and a shield. I keep wanting to tell you guys stuff about the campaign, and I'm like, no, just don't do it. <laughs> and keep that's it the quiet. other thing you get with I'm D&D. Not saying is anything like, um, the old, about Your Muron. players will talk about stuff, and you're just like, oh, man, that's, that's not going to work out the way you think it is. <laughs> like, I want to explain why. But, uh. but one thing I'm going to try to be more flexible on days, I'm not going to try to put you guys into a thing where it's like, okay, well, you're going to have some city time and then you're going to have some travel time and then you're going to have some combat. It's not going to be Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, we'll look at the time and if you're in the middle of a fight and time's up, we're just going to stop there. And then you can spend the week thinking about how you're going to get out of the situation, you know? <laughs> okay, so when you say time, like the first thing I thought of was you meant in-game, like, uh, mm-hmm. oh, you're not going to... But you meant literally time and that okay two hours yeah that's enough boys let's get out of here because that that's one thing i found as we got near the end of my campaign was that like we started just having shorter and shorter sessions we this don't current need one? to wrap it up is basically what i'm saying yeah, yeah. yeah. leave it on a cliffhanger even well it's <laughs> almost too it's like it's it, it fits into what are people expecting or what's their tolerance and this goes back to me my original question of like what how do you tell what your group can tolerate and time is pretty an obvious one because you have to be a total sociopath not to understand like boy, that's a lot of yawns, and those are some disinterested stares when we're playing this here. But where do you draw the line at, like, okay, we'll do three hours, or do we do two hours? Do we do a six-hour marathon, and then I don't see you for another two weeks or three Mm -hmm. weeks? Like, how do you keep the excitement going, too? Like, maybe you've got a great campaign. That's not even an issue. But I just think that's an interesting question for you guys in that some sessions can go longer, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I like the idea of yours just, like, no, two hours. <laughs> it's like Time's an axe mid swing. It's like, all right, we'll come back. But yeah, um, like out next time. I wouldn't want to end in the middle of an encounter. But if like we're in a dungeon, we're like, okay, we'll stop here and pick up next time. Yeah. Because um, I I have definitely run into the bit like, all right, this is a lot of yawns. Like we're going, we still have half a dungeon left. Yeah, yeah. I gotta speed this up. We'll skip some rooms. Or you run into like an encounter that the like if it's a puzzle that they're just clearly not getting. You just you you, you oh hey look you got uh, or things like that. <laughs> There's no way you don't get it. You're just walking back out. You fail. Well, but yeah, I, I, I'm a paladin. <laughs> spells that I can ask you questions. Um, oh, the DM. <laughs> yeah, clerics and paladins get like divine intervention and stuff, and they can make a roll. And then depending on the role, the DM can choose how much information they tell them. Your god can't hear you here. <laughs> <laughs> so the situation we ran into is they. Um, like the one of the very first dungeons we did, our cleric did a prayer at the start, and he rolled pretty good. And I'm like, all right, so you see the bard drowning. Oh my goodness! And he's like, okay, so there's water that we should keep him away from. Like that's the thing, right? Mm. I don't want to tell him, oh, you're going to fight a waterfall fairy called a Fossagram, and then blah, blah blah blah. I'm just like, okay, here's the thing. This is one of the hazards that's up ahead. Okay, that you need to be prepared. Did for. it help? Uh, no. <laughs> With the party, no, because they ro- walked up to where the water was, and if I remember correctly, someone tried to throw the bard in the water and, say, <laughs> yes. and said, the fu- prophecy must be fulfilled. <laughs> Were you playing with John? Uh, no. So that's like Alex's last warlock character. Yeah. 
Yeah, our, our current warlock's a bit like that too. He uh, he hasn't killed any, hasn't knocked anybody out yet, but he has damaged his own uh, team a fair amount. Does he have a little demon on his shoulder, or is that uh, was that just Alex? That was just Alex. Was that something he just invented for that character, or is that a normal warlock thing? Warlocks have a pact, like he you, you do the fiend, a fairy, or an old one, um, like a Cthulhu or something like yeah. that. And um, given what Alex picked, I thought it would be cool for him to have a little like ah, guy on the shoulder. You should yeah. burn the whole city down. Uh, there's not much time left, so I'll just finish with a hopefully a question I can answer fairly quickly. But is there a point to even having characters that are evil? Uh, yes. on your in your party because how yep. are they supposed to be interacting we with have it? a lot uh, you can fit in any evil character that isn't chaotic evil lawful evil is a self-serving jerk like okay a, lawful like, evil like makes a corrupt sense. Politician. neutral evil neutral evil is a self-serving coward yeah uh chaotic evil just wants to break stuff yeah so but even the, maybe just go even broader is there even point to having chaotic characters in the party because are they just going to be basically oh here we go again it's like i guess it's depends on how true to your character you want to be which is apparently just like a classic excuse <laughs> to be a goof a yeah. yeah yeah just like oh i'm just i'm just playing my character i'm just playing my character like, yeah, yeah like i think i think as a dm you have to punish people working against the party but don't punish people like if they're a chaotic neutral and they try to steal from their party members yeah that's that's on brand but how does the party supposed to like if it, let's say they succeed even on their roles like okay you successfully steal you're really stealthy like yeah. are you is that somewhere you go hey, hey mark i'm gonna try to steal this from victoria yeah, yeah. and then it's just like a sidebar you just erase it from her sheet very <laughs> quietly <laughs> now nah, that's true stuff hold on to everybody's sheets between sessions oh I thought it was funny uh, i saw a thing in skyrim where you can lose karma from stealing from a bandit but then gain it again by killing him yeah, yeah there's a follow, yeah. dumb oh, yeah. karma stuff for that but um all right that's it the end of the show android's <laughs> dungeon uh cfru sign a petition if you haven't if you think it'll make a difference hint it might nobody knows that's uh, not a hint <laughs> <laughs> it's a D hint try it and find out yeah anyway i'm jack roll for intuitive he's uh, joel i'm joel <laughs> i'm mark thank you for listening stay tuned